Hi, all. I'm Dan Smigrad, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Today is Thursday, February 3rd, 2022, and you're watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. We have an awesome show for you today, How Architects Leverage Matterport Digital Twins, created with a Leica BLK360 camera scanner. And here to talk to us about that is Matt Crowder. Hey, Matt, good to see you. Good to see you as well, Dan. Matt is the principal of Immersive Media, uh, based in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, uh, Matt, before we jump into today's topic, how about telling us about Immersive Media? Sure. So Immersive Media is actually uh, an evolution of a business that I started in September 2019. I left my job and became a full-time commercial branding photographer. Um, just using a Sony mirrorless camera and photographing anything that would tell a brand story. Uh, started building my business in 20, March 2020 rolled around. COVID, uh, COVID lockdown happened and I had no business whatsoever. So I did whatever responsible business owner does in my place when they're not making money. I spent more money and bought a Matterport camera. Um, I wanted to take it commercially uh, instead of residential because uh, residential market is kind of saturated. Plus my network was mostly uh, marketing agencies having been a commercial brand photographer. Um, so I got one of my, uh, so I got the Matterport camera, I want to say May of 2020. And then by July of 2020, I'm doing hospitals, um, maternity wards, so they can give tours of, uh, of the facility where women are going to be giving birth when they weren't allowed to have guests because of COVID. Um, and then me being the, being the nerd that I am, I got really curious is that the, the software or the, or the process with which a Matterport camera stitched together automatically and, and realized it was using LiDAR technology. So I started looking into that. I'm like, how else can I use this? Because I always like to like pick things apart and, and reuse things in different ways and stuff. Uh, and then I found that there's a lot of people using it um, to create as-builts of physical spaces and have it turned into like Revit or CAD. Um, so I got really, really interested in that. I'm like, I bet there's a lot of good money in that commercial construction. A lot of money goes through construction projects. So let's look at that. Uh, October, 2020, I didn't know a single architect, but I knew that's what the direction I wanted to go. Um, so I started, I founded Immersive Media, or Immersive Media, however you want to pronounce it, uh, because I did a lot more than photography now and I didn't want to be pigeonholed as a photographer. Uh, so I started, I created immersive media, uh, started doing virtual tours and then started meeting architects in October. I didn't know a single one started reaching out on LinkedIn. And uh, during the pandemic, I was having Zoom meetings with at least one architect a, uh, a week, just having a conversation, telling my story and what I was interested in doing and how I could do it. Um, realized that I wouldn't get very far using a Pro 2, Matterport Pro 2 is just not accurate enough. Uh, so... Uh, being the risk taker that I am, I decided that I was going to buy a BLK. So I started the, um, like a BLK 360 for yep. 19,000 plus dollars. Right. Right. So I started the whole financing process and got my, like a BLK, uh, January 4th of 2021 with absolutely no clients actually lined up to use it. I just knew that I had talked to enough people. So I started reaching back out to those people. I'm like, hey, I can do this now. I got this camera. It's accurate to within six millimeters, 0.23 inches, so on and so forth. And, and a lot of them have heard of Matterport and know about its inaccuracy. They were excited to hear about a camera that was more accurate that did the same things that a Matterport camera did. Um, so I got my first job in February, my first actual gig with an architect. Uh, and I've learned a lot since then. So that's the, the short story of uh, Immersaf Media and how it came about and where I am now. That's awesome. I think that actually uh, brings us right to our, our topic, how architects leverage Matterport digital twins created with the Leica BLK360 camera scanner. Can you talk about the use cases? Uh, you mentioned as-built. Perhaps we could start with that. What is an as-built? Sure. So, when an architect starts a project on a building that already exists, it's very helpful for them to know what's already there. Um, and if they don't have drawings, they don't have what's what the as-built is, which is as-built documentation, be it CAD drawings, paper drawings, so on and so forth. Um, that would be one of the use cases. So that's an as-built showing what the current conditions of a building is. So aren't there already CAD files or 
original construction drawings for a, a building so that sometimes sometimes there are sometimes there isn't and even if there are um, construction drawings that doesn't mean that it shows current conditions there may have been renovations there may have been things in the building that have changed that were never documented so they don't necessarily trust you know 20 year old construction documents on a commercial building so the architect has been engaged to reimagine an existing space and perhaps rather than come out and take a bazillion photos and a ton of measurements, what does the, the scan data enable the architect to do? Sure, so the whether you're using a Pro 2 or a Leica BLK360, both of them generate a 3D model called a point cloud. In Matterport, you can get that in the Matterpack. It's the .xyz file. Um, there are a couple other extensions that can be used for point clouds, but that essentially is a 3D model of millions or even hundreds of millions of dots um, that can be used to trace out an as-built in CAD or Revit or Vectorworks or whatever the architect uses. And so is, is the architect using that to propose as a design to the client to create construction drawings for a client? Uh, what, what happens once the architect reimagines a space uh, using this, the uh, XYZ file in a CAD program? Sure, so if they use the point cloud, or I deliver the actual Revit file themselves. Most architects don't ever, don't ever see the point cloud. Um, but if I deliver the Revit file or the CAD file, then they can take that, that file itself, manipulate it in the Revit or CAD software, and then yes, present that to the client with ideas for a redesign or renovation. So I'm going to ask you more questions about a Revit file, but I'm going to put sure. that aside for the moment and come back to that .rvt file. Uh, the first use case you described by an architect as built, are there other use cases for this scanning of a space? Um, they're very similar, but slightly different, like a, a facade study, for example. If they're only gonna renovate the exterior of a building, um, they wanna know what the different materials are. Some facades can be very complex, like apartment buildings with balconies and, and MEP and you know, mechanical, electrical and plumbing on the exterior and all that stuff. And they need to know all that's there. and it can be difficult to measure that by hand. So that would be another use case that I've, that I've been used for quite a bit. So, so once again, it's taking the three-dimensional model, whatever file format that's in, that the architect can work with in their software, their CAD software. Then once they bring it into their software, they can begin designing rather than reconstructing someone else's design, they can now begin with their proposed design. Sure. Okay, so uh, an as-built for an entire building, uh, a facade, fascias of ex existing, is, is there even a market there for fascias of buildings? For, uh, for facades, yeah, um, especially for his historical facade studies. If, uh, if a town has a historic downtown district and wants to, uh, modernize their facades while still maintaining the historical value, then they would have me do a facade study so they can determine with their software, they can use that to redesign the, the facades of the building. Um, one of my clients is, is uh, renovating the side of a commercial building that is uh, stores on the bottom and apartments up top. Um, but they're going to renovate that entire facade and change the look of that. So they want to know what's there, what, what the different materials are and, and stuff like that. So there's where the photography comes in because it can show them along with their software what's there. So the BLK360 shoots both photos, 360 photos, and spherical photos, and these scan data. Yep, yep. Okay, so now we talk about two use cases. Are there other use cases that architects are engaging uh, uh, immersive media for? Um, one other major use case, and that is um, without the point cloud and without the Revit or CAD deliverable, and that is just the 360 photography that you would do with any Matterport. But with a Leica, you can do it 
on the exterior as well. So really large buildings like a high school. I've done a high school this past year. I've done a middle school. I've done some really large buildings where all they want is the virtual walkthrough. So they don't have to go and take a dozen, you know, a, a couple thousand, 10,000 photos of this large building and then realize they missed some and have to go back out and take photos. Um, so the BLK allows me to go outside, but I typically use the Matterport inside. So is that a use case of a walkthrough outdoors? Is that from an architect or is that just a, a yet another use case? That's, that's an architect who hired me to do that. So they don't have to go and take photos themselves. They already had drawings that were accurate, current. They didn't need drawings. Um, they just wanted the photos so they could see the 3D, the space in 3D uh, for their renovation purposes. Okay, so uh, are there other use cases that come to mind or do you stay super busy doing facades as built and outdoor walking experiences? There are some other use cases, but none that I have been engaged for yet. Those three keep me pretty busy. Is there a, <clears throat> a use case that, that you're super excited about, but you haven't yet tackled? Yeah. So um, structural engineers or, or mechanical, electrical and plumbing engineers um, for big factories, you know, if they're going to be moving a lot of stuff around, they would like to know where everything is at. Now, though, that's very complicated. A uh, lot of scans. You can do scans two, three feet apart through an entire room to be, get all the 3D data needed to model that in a 3D software for an engineer, for example. Uh, that sounds like a lot of fun, but I haven't been hired to do that yet. So in that case, that would be an existing space that's going to have, that's going to be configured perhaps with equipment, a lot of equipment, and the engineer needs to know, is the equipment going to fit? Is the, are the people be, will the people in the space have room to walk around the equipment? Yep. And is that the right way to configure it in the space. Yep. Or if they're replacing equipment and how they're going to have to run all the conduits and piping and everything to get it to fit. Yep. Exactly that. Okay. And so, so you would, that, that's a use case that you're, you're excited about, you know, that you can do, you just haven't had that client yet. Correct. Okay. So uh, you started by buying a Matterport Pro 2 3D camera. Uh, today, that's under $3,000. You went and bought a $19,000 plus Leica BLK360 camera scanner. What's the big difference between those two camera scanners? Huge difference. Um, the most obvious and even documented on the Matterport website is the accuracy of the, of the measurements. So the Matterport is accurate. They say 1%, it's more like 2%, and you can find that documentation. So for every 50 feet, you could be plus or minus six inches. With the Leica, that's not the case. Um, within a given distance, I think it's within 60 feet, you're accurate to within less than a quarter of an inch. But the Leica also has a range of 200 feet, ultimately. So after... 60 feet, it becomes more like a half inch accuracy. Um, but I mean, that's half inch accuracy at 200 feet. That's, that's pretty good for most cases. So, so far, I think I've heard three advantages of a Leica BLK360 versus a Matterport Pro 2 3D camera. The first being accuracy, the level of detail yep. for, uh, uh, particularly for a large space where that margin of error can get quite large. So right. accurate or accuracy. Second um, was the distance. Uh, so I, do you happen to recall how far a Leica BLK360 can see scan data? Yeah, so at, at its highest density, it can record accurate data at about 200 feet away. 200 feet away. And then versus a Matterport Pro 2 3D like camera, which would be about 20 feet. Okay. So maybe take. two, two and a half stories, uh, a problem inside a gymnasium, for example. Uh, the third uh, advantage I heard you say was outdoors because you had a specific use case for uh, doing 
360 photography outdoors to create a walking tour of a campus. Uh, are there other benefits of the Leica BLK 360 versus the Matterport Pro 2 3D camera in the use cases that you're doing for architects? Um, those are by far the main, the main ones. Um, I guess one other small advantage is that the batteries on the Leica, B, the Leica BLK 360 are interchangeable. So you can charge batteries as you go and it'll ultimately last longer than a Pro 2, which lasts about eight hours. Uh, so since you can swap the batteries out, I guess I, I guess you could say that's another slight advantage. And when you're using the Leica BLK 360, are you using it paired with the Matterport platform or are you using it with the Leica software or other third-party software? Depends on the use case. So let me give you an example. If I'm doing a building and I am going to include a walkthrough tour along with the, the deliverable file, the deliverable 3D file, then I'll use the Matterport uh, capture app. If they don't need software, uh, pardon me, if they don't need the uh, 360 walkthrough, then there's no reason for me to use the Matterport capture app because I can turn off the camera and just do the LiDAR scan much more quickly and register it um, in real time as I'm going. So it's a lot more efficient. So I use both depending on the, on the use case. So on a Leica BLK 360 scan that includes both the photography and the scan data, how long does it take to do a rotation of the camera to create a 360 spin plus scan data? Sure. So you can, um, depending on if you need HDR photography or just regular photography, because you can turn that on and off on the Leica. Uh, typically, if I'm indoors and there's not a bunch of windows, I won't, I'll turn the HDR off and I'll scan at a low density um, unless the room's really, really big. So you have low, medium and high density. The low density with no HDR photography takes about a minute and 20 seconds. Uh, if you turn on the HDR and you turn it all the way up to high density, let's say you're outdoors, it can take up to six minutes for a scan. So uh, just separate and aside, does that affect how you price a project is knowing the use case of whether you need the photography, don't need the photography, just need the scan data, don't need as much scan data as a different project, meaning uh, you could be going from using a Leica BLK 360 at the highest density with the HDR photography with each scan taking about six minutes versus uh, how long for your Matterport Pro 2 camera? So the Matterport, so the Matterport is of course only gonna take about 30 seconds, but if I, if I know I'm gonna be doing a lot of high density scans with HDR, then yeah, I might up my price, but typically I keep my pricing pretty much the same across the board. Okay, but there is a factor there in terms oh, yeah. of how long it may take you to do, particularly yeah. if it's a hundred thousand square feet, the amount of time that it may take you to complete the project uh, could vary significantly based on what the client's needs are and sure. what settings that you would set on a BLK 360 or in, or even use a Matterport Pro 2. 3D yeah. camera. Are there advantages of using? Uh, so let's go back to the scenario where you're using a BLK 360 paired with the Matterport Capture app. Are you just shooting 100% with the BLK 360 paired with the Matterport Capture app? Or are you doing a blend of where some scans are with the BLK 360 and some scans are with the Matterport Pro 2 3D camera? So that's going to be based on the case. Um, if I'm going through a, a building and every scan I do is going to need a photograph, I'll do all that with Leica. Now, if I'm in a, in a scenario where I can capture this whole room with one scan, but they want some close-ups of like the electrical panel and stuff like that, then I might bring out the Matterport and get a little bit closer so they can walk over there and see the electrical panel. Um, that, that's an example of when I might do that, but typically I do it 100% with the BLK. What, what would be the advantages of when you would use a Pro 2 3D camera? I think the first one I heard was, was speed because you knew you could do those 
yeah. fixtures in 30 seconds rather than spinning the like a BLK360 for six minutes or a couple minutes. Uh, the quality of the photography with the Pro 2 versus the Leica BLK360, is that one of the other advantages of the Pro 2? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. The Pro 2 has much better photography than the Leica. Um, I mean, the Leica has usable photography for architects, but you're not going to have that really crisp resolution that you get with the Pro 2, where you might need to read stuff on an electrical panel or the, or the service schedule on the side of a furnace. You're not going to get that with the Leica. Are the are architects in, in typically engaging you is, is one of the use case for, for marketing purposes or no, it's really prior, all the use cases are typically prior to the marketing of the property. It's prior to the, 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 the building being done, the fascias being done. Yeah, so after the building's done, they may, some of them have had me go back um, just to do a walk around of an after. So I've got the before, and then the after, and when I do the after, I use the Pro 2. Ah, okay. That, that's what I'm looking for is that the, the Pro 2 is going to be faster with better quality photography. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me, with the exception that if it's an outdoor space, then you're going to really need to use the BLK360. And that might be why you have a blend on an after tour of a finished product, of a finished space is because you have indoor and outdoor. So when you're, when you're just shooting with the Leica, so, so let's stay first with the, the output for Matterport, because you, you, you mentioned Revit, uh, and then you mentioned .rvt is a file format. When you use the Matterport Pro 2 3D camera paired with the Capture app, or the Leica BLK360 paired with the Matterport Capture app or doing a blend, to get that, the XYZ file you and the reflective ceiling tiles, you're purchasing the Matterport Matter Pack. But so, the Revit right. file is, is, not, is not an option. So how, how do you go from Matterport Matter Pack that has a .obj object file a .xyz um, point cloud uh, reflective ceiling tiles in order to be able to deliver a Revit file. How, how do you do that file conversion if you're doing that? Sure, so I'm gonna back up before I answer that exact question. Um, back up just a little bit. I don't ever touch the matter pack. So the Leica BLK enables me to download the scans from the camera because the camera saves the scans. And that point cloud data from the camera directly um, is way more accurate and valuable than the, than the point cloud that comes out of the Matterpack uh, registration. Ah, um, so please, uh, please talk to me a little bit more sure. in greater detail about the... I know we talked about this kind of earlier in the show is related to the scanning using a BLK 360, but help me understand the Matterport Matter Pack XYZ file versus the XYZ file that comes out of the Leica BLK 360. They both were created with the same gear. They They're both there. were created with a Leica BLK360. So why is that XYZ file, how is the XYZ file directly outputted from the Leica BLK360 different? How does it compare to the Matterport Matter Pack dot XYZ file? Um, as documented by Matterport, and I'm more than happy to send you the article, there are two main differences. Number one, Matter the Matterport registration, uh, artificial intelligence that registers the point cloud or stitches the different scans together. Um, if it's very, it's very quick and efficient. That that's the that's the plus part. <clears throat> the 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 con the that's the pro. The con is that if there's a wall, if there's an angle that's 88.8 degrees, it's going to register it, not register it at 90 degrees. Like that's just the way the algorithm works when it registers the, the, the scans together. Um, so there's a lack of accuracy there. Uh, number two is that 
Matterport decimates the points on the point cloud. I mean, it just, it removes not quite half of them, but probably a good 15 to 20%, which I guess that's not technically decimating. Decimating would be 10%, but you get my point. Uh, so it removes a bunch of those classes. You're not going to have as dense of a point cloud. And you're not going to have as much detail, especially further away from the camera. And so I actually why does that show matter? you an example. Why, why does the density of the point cloud matter to an architect? Uh, they may need to see something in that density. I mean, you know what? It's easier to show you than it is to, than, than okay, it is to great. explain. It, so. that, this is a great time. Why, why don't we jump in? And uh, if you could show us, uh, that would be awesome. Sure. Let me answer your original question. Um, I have a guy who I got from uh, as a referral from the We Get Around Network who takes point clouds and converts them to Revit and CAD files, which okay. was your original question. Uh, uh, great. So two things. One, if you could, uh, yes, please do email me the Matterport link that compares the Matterpoint, Matterport Matter Pack XYZ file versus the direct output from a BLK360. I'll post that article, a link to that in the We Get Around Network forum, uh, wganforum.com in the topic of today's show, how architects leverage Matterport tours shot with a Leica BLK360. So okay. for our, our viewers, if you just go to uh, We Get Around Network Forum, go to the search box and just search for the keywords in the subject, architects, Leica, BLK360, you'll find that link. Cool. Um, the, and then the, uh, the, the second is uh, for those that need a referral for a Matterport Matterpack file conversion to go to a Revit file.rvt, a SketchUp file.skp, or any other CAD file format, uh, please reach out to me. Uh, I'm not hard to find in the We Get Around Network forum at Dan Smigrod. Um, show and tell? Sure. Uh, what are you going to show us? Um, so, the first thing I'm going to show you is a comparison of point clouds between a matter pack and that that I that which I downloaded from the Leica BLK360. Both point clouds uh, are from the exact same camera, the exact same scans. One was registered by Matterport, the other one was registered by me on the Leica so, software. So, and what does registered mean? I I, I, sure. I remember registering in college, and I took a lot of classes. What what does register mean in this world? Sure. So to register a point cloud means you're taking the different scans and you're stitching them together. That's essentially what it means. You're stitching them together. You're literally connecting the dots. Yes. The points in the point cloud. Yep. And it's, it's, it's mostly automated, but there is some manual. Um, there is some, there is the need for some manual. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Influence. Okay. So uh, please do share your screens, show us. And I, I, I think we're, we're going to take a look. Are we look, going to look at a Matterport Matterpack XYZ file? And uh, well, tell us what you, the register that we're looking at. Yep. So this is, this is from a Matterport uh, XYZ file. This was the point cloud as registered by Matterport of a historical gym in Indiana. Um, this is done on Autodesk Recap Pro. I just brought the XYZ file into Recap Pro. Uh, go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Got, got, got to go slower for me. So let's go back to the first one. Let's go back to the, the, the first one you showed in, inside the gymnasium, please. Yep. It's the now, same point, Cloud. I haven't changed it. Uh, uh, it so uh, I, I see what looks like different resolutions. Is this all from the Matterport Matter Pack? Yeah, this is all from the Matterport Matterpack. And it's just some of the dots go away when I when I move it around, uh, but then they pop back once I stop. Ah, just, uh, okay, yeah. so we have a little bit of lag of how we do WGAN TV Live at 5. So it's not necessarily that the, the image that uh, you're changing different images, it's still the, the same image. You're just rotating the image yep. slightly. And then it's it, through that lag, we're seeing some dots. Yeah, I'm, I'm navigating around the, the Matterport point cloud. So you can kind of see, so there's the exterior of the gym and then I can zoom in and go inside, but that's where you see the real difference between the Matterport, uh, Matterpack and the downloaded scans from the BLK. 
So have you, I'm still confused. Have you showed us the downloaded from the BLK 360? I have not. So let me show you what okay. to pay attention to when I switch point clouds here. You okay. see these bars that go across that look like they're part of the ceiling structure? Yes. Okay. Those, I mean, you can kind of see what's there. Now watch the difference when I switch to the um, version that I registered myself out of the scans from the BLK. And it may take a second to load here. Okay, this is this is so awesome. Uh, I'm I'm so grateful for your explanation of showing sure. these. This is oh my gosh, this is like looks completely different. Can you see the difference in like the the ceiling structure? The you can see you can actually see the ceiling structure. Yeah, it's it's a huge difference. And this was done. These are two um, models from the exact same scan. I did not scan twice. I did not use different gear. This is just this is straight out of the BLK registered with the Cyclone, uh, the Leica Cyclone software, as opposed to the Matterpark, Matterpack, which was registered by Matterport's AI servers. Wow. This is the difference between night and day. Now, oh, yeah. please bear with, please bear with me. I, I know you've said it, but I just want to be clear on this. Sure. The first set of scans that you showed us were shot with a Leica BLK360 paired with the Matterport capture app and then the output was was from a Matterport Matter Pack. Now, was that file then converted, or no, no, that was that's you're, you were showing the .xyz file. Yep, I was showing the original .xyz file. Okay, we were looking at the original .xyz file. Now uh, we're looking at uh, the the software you used here. The software that I use here, um, I use the BLK Download Manager to download the scans from the camera as they were saved in the camera. And then I registered it in the Cyclone uh, Register 360 BLK Edition software. Okay. And so if I buy a Leica BLK 360, do I have to, uh, do I get that for free? Do I have to pay money to license that? You'll get a license for one year if you buy a brand new BLK from Leica. If you buy a used one, then you'll have to pay for your software. It costs roughly $1,200 a year uh, okay. at the base level for a one-year license. And, and, that, and the name of the software, again, is the Leica? It's the Cyclone Register 360 BLK Edition. From Leica. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, so you mentioned if you bought a used one, so that's not buying a used license. That's if you bought a used Leica BLK 360, it's not going to come with a one-year free subscription to this software. And if you're going to do what you're doing, then you would need to license this software. And, and that's where that approximate $1,200 comes in. Sure. Yep, exactly. Now, Matt, I'm looking at this this point cloud and it's the difference is night and day. Yep. So why would anyone even ever use a Matterport Matter Pack? Um, two reasons. Number one, it's cheaper than paying for the software. Uh, number two, you wouldn't necessarily need to register it yourself if you're not trying to get a lot of details. So if you're doing a house or something that doesn't require roof supports or, or something that, that's small detail like this, then the matter pack would suffice. Um, I have done office buildings and they just wanted a really basic model with doors, windows, floors, ceilings, walls. And they didn't need any of the mechanical electrical plumbing or anything like that. Uh, I would use the matter pack from that because it is accurate um, for, for that much of it. If it's done with the BLK, uh, and I don't have to register it myself, which takes an extra hour or two of my time. So it sounds like it's super, super, super important that your client is very specific with what the use case of the scan data, which will determine both how, what, how you scan it, which mm -hmm. gear you will use to scan it, and how you will provide God, there's so many things there. I'm going to just, just break it down. Depending on what the use case is, you may use only a Matterport Pro 2 3D camera, unlikely based on our conversation so far. You may use a Leica BLK360 only. You may use a Leica BLK360 paired with the Matterport 
Pro 2 3D camera using the Matterport Capture app, mm -hmm. depending on what the final output is, will maybe determine whether you're doing all BLK360 or all Pro 2 or some Pro 2 scans. And it will also determine how, how often you, uh, whether you're doing a six minute uh, high density uh, HDR photography scan with the BLK360 and perhaps even the distance between the scans and, and then ultimately how you end up providing the data. Yep. So, uh, but somehow you figured out how to price all this so that it's not that hard and, and the pricing is just still generally this, the same. I keep things pretty simple and my profit margin is enough that I don't need to worry about nickel and diming. Okay. Uh, if I may, is it generally based on square footage? It is generally based on square footage. Okay. So, uh, So I, what I've heard is you, you never provide the Matterport matter pack to the client. You're always providing a Revit file or a SketchUp file or some other CAD file. Mm -hmm. In fact, this seems like the appropriate time to ask you a question that a We Get Around Network forum member uh, emailed me prior to the show. Uh, what are the main differences in use case or capabilities between the register software options, such as the lower cost options as Autodesk Recap Pro compared to perhaps the more expensive option of the Leica, Leica Cyclone Register 360, which you mentioned is $1,200 a year. So... Leica used to have a deal with Recap Pro where you could use the Recap Pro app. They had a capture app on the iPad that you could use to scan, just like the Matterport capture app. Um, that is no longer available and hasn't been available for about a year. So Recap discontinued that. You can't use a Recap um, Pro capture app for Leica whatsoever. So, um, so that that was a uh, that's an easy one to to now get back yeah. to our our forum member Autodesk Recap Pro is is, is simply not an option when using the BLK three sixty. Uh, is are there other so softwares such as Leica Cyclone Register three sixty that you would use to register uh, a a model? I'm gonna be honest with you. If one exists, I don't know about it. I haven't really explored because I have the Cyclone software and it works so well with the BLK that I really haven't looked. So really, you're if you're a Matterport service provider and you're trying to you know scratch your head listening to today's show and you're thinking, well, you know, the residential real estate is kind of uh, an overcrowded space. The revenue per house is kind of a challenge. Uh, I'm thinking about getting a Leica BLK 360. Um, the workflow is either going to be uh, outputting a Matterport matter pack or uh, learning how to use the Leica Cyclone Register 360. Uh, do you ever just like export the file from the BLK 360 and give that? To the architect? No, most architects don't know what to do with a point cloud. Awesome. So I, I think that that is, is, is like super valuable information because we might just assume, well, I just do the scan and I just give the raw data to the architect, but the, the architect only knows the CAD software that they use, which would typically be SketchUp or, or Revit, uh, may, maybe some other um, uh, AutoCAD kind of program CAD software. So you really have to then listen to what the, uh, what the client tells you of what format they need the data. And yes. I'm presuming that the Leica Cyclone Register 360 software, once you register align the point cloud that you can output any file format that you need? Um, no, not any. There's a couple formats uh, the one that I use the most is RCP or RCS, which is um, recap. Or no, yes, it's like the recap file extension. So you can output the recap file extension, which could can be imported into the Revit software, which is like the 3D version of AutoCAD. 
Um, you import the point cloud and then you trace over the point cloud. But I have, like I said, somebody else that I got referred to from you who does that for me. So I send them the point cloud and they create the Revit or the CAD file. Okay, awesome. So the, I, I think what I'm hearing, this is super important, is that the, the RCP file is generally readable by any CAD software. I want to say it's kind of the universal language and can be imported into Revit or SketchUp or uh, Autodesk. Uh, I, can't, I can't speak to SketchUp, uh, to SketchUp rather. I can't speak to SketchUp or Vectorworks or anything like that. Um, Revit and CAD are both Autodesk products as is Recap. So since the Cyclone 360 software is exporting as a Recap file, RCP or RCS, then it's, it's able to be used within Autodesk software. SketchUp isn't an Autodesk software. Ah, okay, great. So uh, uh, please, someone who's uh, listening to WGA and TV Live at 5 today, uh, please, and you're familiar with this topic, please uh, fact check us here about uh, whether I've misspoken about an RCP file can generally be imported into any CAD program, including uh, uh, SketchUp. And if, if, that's, if that is the case, please confirm. If it's not the case, please confirm. And if you're thinking about buying the like of the LK360, and this is an important feature, you might want to fact check this topic before yeah. we... And, and it may be the case that I'm wrong too, because I haven't actually tried. I just know that Recap is Autodesk, just like Revit and CAD. Uh, cool. Uh, could you go back to your demo and maybe uh, show the the Matterport tour of the uh, high school gym that you did? I just like to have this sure. little bigger uh, context of what well what what did it look like first? Yeah, so here it is. Maybe if you could just pop out of that, go take us to the dollhouse, and then and then fly back in. I I, I think that that's helpful to see that you're showing this in Matterport. You yep. use the Matterport capture app paired with the Leica BLK360 to shoot this gymnasium inside and out. Did you use a Pro 2 at all? I did not. Totally was... done in uh, with the Leica BLK360 paired with the Matterport capture app now hosted on the Matterport cloud. Uh, and then maybe uh, you know, I, there's this one place where you have a, uh, I don't know if it's a smokestack or an exhaust, uh, boom, there it is. So if we could go there, I just, uh, I noticed that you have the fascia maybe from, I guess maybe you have it, this, what, do you call it a smokestack? What would that be? Uh, it's, yeah, some sort of chimney, chimney of some, some sort. So, some sort of chimney. I guess you sort of have three dimensions. You have the the side facing. Yeah. So we're, we see two dimensions of that chimney now. If we walk to the other side, we'll see the, the, the other dimension. But I know actually noticed when when we looked at the um, the the point cloud of it, uh, uh, there, there was a piece that you've demoed on the on the We Get Around Network forum. There's a link to it that you'd sent me ahead of time the Revit file. Mm -hmm. You want to see that? And yeah, because you can see the, the chimney. And so my I'm I'm wondering about how that chimney actually got, where did those measurements come to construct that in a full 3D rendering of the chimney, even though you only had three of the four measurements? Sure. So the easiest answer is the guy that I had model this basically assumed the measurements based on what was existing. So this right here is going to be the interior of the roof. They did not have me, they did not pay me to scan the roof. So this is, this is the dimensions of the interior of the roof. And then this is the dimensions based off of what little data we have. You know, you've got one side here, one side here, you can see where this drops off and you can see the curvature of the roof and the rest is just assumed. Okay, thank you. I'm just wondering how, how you did that. And, and then on this one, I want to say, you know, we were talking about use cases and I, I want to say construction drawings. Can you show us and point to that? Yep. So this is the Revit version, uh, just on a, on a Revit viewer. This isn't the Revit software, um, but then it also comes with CAD floor plans. Is this what you're talking about? Yes. Mm -hmm. So so that's a service that you offer, though you you use a 
vendor to help you with that. Correct. So, uh, so you're you're fully capable of delivering. Uh, what, so, what was the use case for this gymnasium? So, the city of Sullivan, Indiana, where this high school gym is located, wants to renovate this gym to more modernize it. But once again, it is a historical property. It's actually on the historical register, so they wanted to maintain its historical value. Um, one of the major use cases that I get used for a lot is older buildings because older buildings don't have standard wall thicknesses, standard ceiling heights, standard door openings, and so on and so forth. Whereas a, a modern building, an architect can go and hand measure and make a lot of assumptions based on today's standards. You can't do that with an older building and they get really, really tricky. So they have me go in and scan older buildings because I'm way more thorough and way faster and way more accurate than if they did it by hand. And that's the old, is that, is that truly the alternative is to go out with a, a laser measurer and take that's some most, pictures? That's the most common alternative. Yes. And is, is that typically, uh, do you, is there, uh, if we went, if we went back mentally talk, when you first started talking to the architects with, with how were, how were, what was their workflow then before they engaged you? Sure. So for this gym, for example, let me use this. They would go out with a laser measure, just a hand laser measure and some graph paper, start taking measurements and drawing on graph paper. They're going to make some assumptions. <laughs> They're going to make some assumptions based on what they know. And let's say for if I go in here, just to give you an example, if I go. In you want to share here, your screen again or just tell us? Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sharing. I'm sorry. I, I took you off uh, the screen sharing. If I go inside here and they need to know the ceiling height up here. They're yes. not going to get up there with a laser measure and get an accurate measurement. Instead, they're going to count bricks. <laughs> they, they count bricks. You're making that like, up. No, I'm not. I think. No, it's yes, you are. Tell me you're making that up. I'm not. This is what the architect told me. They would count bricks because they, with, with the mortar and the bricks, they can assume that it's this high. You know, it's like every three bricks is like eight inches. I forget what he told me. I didn't pay attention. But yeah, they would count these bricks in order to determine what the height is up to the ceiling. And then forget you're about trying, it, to, forget about trying to measure all you, the structures. You, you just think I'm so like naive that you can just <laughs> really fool me and tell me that a, an architect is going to do a, a, multi, a, a, a very pricey project based on counting bricks. That's how they're going to, that's how they're going to originally create the model, yes. That's, that's, that's from the architect's mouth. That's unbelievable. So, uh, so, so, so you actually ended up doing this project for that architect. So when, when you started to, when, uh, when you came back with your, with your scan data solution from the Leica BLK 360, what was the architect's reaction when you showed them what was now possible? Uh, this was not the first job I did for this architect, but the very first job I did for the architect, he was very impressed about how much time and money I saved him. He spent about a third of the amount of money that he would have spent sending two people out there to go and measure it themselves. And I did it in about a third of the time that it would take in two architects at $150 an hour to go out and measure it themselves. You, you got to say that again slower for me. Sure. So uh, for, the, for the job he sent, for the first job they sent me out on, it would have, they would have sent out two architects to hand measure. It would have taken them about five days with graph paper. And then another three weeks to create the Revit or the CAD file. I did it for about a third of the cost. It would have cost them to do that. And in about a third of the time, it would have taken them to do it that way. So it would have taken them about a month from beginning to end. Roughly. Because they're, they're, they're working on other things too. So while building this Revit model, they would get distracted and they'd have to go work on another project and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Okay. But if you're, if you're sending two people for five full days to count bricks, measure, take pictures, whatever. Yeah. And, and then I, I guess with that graph paper, they're going back and they're now taking that rough sketch notes and, and turning it into a, a CAD, a, th a three-dimensional CAD model. Yep. And so that was about a month. Uh, how long did it take you to actually do the scanning portion? So for that particular job, I was there for two full days. St still, so it was a big, big project. Okay. Mm -hmm. Two full days. 
two full days. And then you had some turnaround time. Yep. So I sent it off to the guy that I use to convert the point cloud into a Revit to draw the rep to bring up, uh, make up the Revit file. And that took him about, I want to say four business days. Mm -hmm. So six days, six business days total. And then you delivered a Revit file based on what, what the client needed, which, which was a three-dimensional model of the actual existing as-built. Mm -hmm. Here's that I word again. I delivered the, that and the Matterport walkthrough. So they didn't have to take photos either. So I just have to think that when you become a licensed architect, the worst thing you could possibly do is reconstruct someone else's design. Oh, it's tedious. I got to think you became an architect because you had visions that you wanted to create, not recreate someone else's work. So I can imagine there were a lot of thankful people there, but did the, did the architect, was there any pushback because, well, now they couldn't bill out that the five, the, the two people at five days, they couldn't bill out whatever it was that they then did that took forever in a day, let's call it a total of a month running time. So did you, did you, I'm just thinking that they, maybe they mark up their cost. So if they mark up what it costs them to do it the old way and they mark up what it costs them to do the new way, in theory, they'd make less money if that's how this works. I don't know. Do you have any insight on that? I have a little bit. So there's there's two different ways that architects can handle it. Number one, they can charge them for the old way and then pay the new price for my, for my service, or they can charge them the new price for my service and get the bid because their price is lower. That being said, most architects that I've talked to have told me that they, they operate creating that as-built at cost, that that's that typically how they do. So if they pay two architects to go out and do it, they're, they're, they they charge cost to keep prices low for that kind of service. So I'm actually saving. Why would they, Why would they do that? To get the job, to keep the price down. To get the job, meaning that they are they doing work on spec in in order to propose a a project and then they get paid or? Yeah, a lot of times they'll make an assumption as to how long it's gonna take them to manually measure the building. And they're gonna charge at cost for that because they want to get the bigger piece of the pie, which is actually redesigning the building. Ah, okay. So that for, for them, that's just the cost of doing business. Correct. It's not something to mark up. Really, they're gonna mark up their design services. So I, I think what I'm hearing is two things. One is if an architect charges, puts a, a, a fixed fee based on an old method, there isn't any reason they presumably couldn't do that. Right. If they charge a fixed fee for saying, well, we'll, we'll do the as-built, but we'll charge X dollars for it or they can in, in, engage uh, immersive media, your company, and get the project, let's use those example numbers, and a third of the time for, help me out on cost, it was an estimate of- Roughly a third of the cost as well. Roughly one third the cost in one third the time. And if they wanna bill you out at, as a line item at cost, they could still do that and it'll just reduce the total cost of, of what their fee is going to be to, to maybe win the project. Yep. But I'm still at a loss. Do they engage you before they actually have the commission on the project? Um, they typically engage me to get a proposal for me to add to their proposal. So ah, I get it. Yeah. Ah, okay. So you may be proposing and now it's hurry up and wait and you got to find out whether they get the business or not. Yes. Okay. And they, and of course they could always uh, uh, plus you up if that's what they, what, what they, uh, what, what, what their uh, plan was. Um, uh, gee, we've, we've covered so much during the show today. Is, is there, a, uh, is there, is there a workflow that we haven't discussed? Um, 
Not that I can think of. So I, I go around, I do the tour. I, I create the walkthrough just like any other Matterport tour. I download the scans. I register them myself in the software, which I can show you what that looks like if you're curious. Sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. take a look. Okay. Love to do that. Uh, let me share that screen again. Okay. And then let me find the software. So this in, in, incidentally, is, let me just let our listeners know if 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 you want to see some of the examples that uh, that that Matt is showing and telling us about, uh, he has sent us the the Matterport tour. It's in the We Get Around Network form. He has sent us the the uh, the point cloud. Uh, it's in that We Get Around Network forum post. Again, just go to the wganforum.com, go to the search box, search for in the, in the title, in the subject of the post, Architects BLK360 uh, WGAN, and it'll pop up. Okay, what are we looking at? So each one of these dots is a scan point, just like you would see on Matterport. And each one of these lines is a link where those two... Uh, scans have been stitched together. Now I use the automated stitch function for a lot of the interior, which is why you see a bunch of lines because it will connect to as many points as it possibly can. Uh, but if I were to click on one of these and go to one of these options down here at the bottom, you can actually zoom in to the point cloud itself. What software are you in? This is the Leica Register 360 BLK edition. Okay, great. So these are all the different scan points and how they are linked together. Um, and to give you an example of what that looks like, I'll actually remove one of the links here. So let me take this one. I'm going to delete this link. And you see how it kind of broke the model? I'm going to delete this link. And now this particular setup is completely separate from the rest. So I just go back down here, I can select these. How'd you know it goes there? Uh, first of all, they're all numbered. So a lot of times I'll pull up the Matterport Capture app and look to see the different numbered scans. So I can look at the different numbered scans on here and know, hey, you know, this one goes here. Uh, but if you weren't using a Matterport uh, capture app, and so you you don't have the the uh, the tour automatically assembled for you, let's say you're using just the your your client just needs the scan data, you're just using the BLK three sixty. You're going from is it just you're you're keeping track like I scan in order, and therefore uh, uh, scan twenty five comes after twenty six, but before twenty four. Mostly, but you can also go down into the actual scan and and see it. Uh, see the 360 panorama as well. So that kind of, if, if you've been to the building and you remember the building, that can kind of help you too. Okay. So yeah, I just, you, you match these up kind of like a puzzle. That's the top down view. You can also look at the side view and make sure that, that that's correct as well. Join and optimize. And it pops out a scenario where those two match up with a 70% overlap. So that's good. So does this software actually do the final uh, registering for you just as long as you get close enough? Yep. For the most part, yep. Okay. Sometimes awesome. you have to clean up some of the points like uh, trees and bushes when the, when the wind's blowing can mess things up, but you can clean those out and then re-register it. Okay. So uh, you're in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I can imagine that there's an architect watching the show today and they go, wow, Matt, that was awesome. Do you travel? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. If the money's right. Okay. And uh, if it's, if, uh, if they're not necessarily want to travel you, but they're either have a Matterport Pro 2 and either buy a BLK 360 or I can direct them to a member of the community that rents Leica BLK360 cameras, scanners. Um, if they do the scanning, can they then put all this in a Dropbox and have you do the registering and the output and the, the workflow post-production? I have done that for people before, yes. Okay. And uh, I, I imagine that 
we get around network, which we operate as a referral network, we could always connect you, Matt, with another BLK360 uh, operator so that you, uh, your client doesn't necessarily have to go locate all these people and coordinate. So we can certainly help you out uh, with, with that. Um, the um, uh, consulting. So uh, I can imagine I'm an architect and, or I'm an, another kind of company. I'm an engineer. I work in construction or, and, and this, maybe this, whatever it is you just took through, I get it. It's awesome. I, I, I'll, you know, buying the BLK 360 is not a problem. Buying the, the, um, uh, like a cyclone register 360, uh, but I need training. Uh, does, do you, does immersive media offer training? Uh, that's definitely something I'm willing to do to be helpful. Absolutely. It's not something I advertise that I do, but yeah, I can do that. I mean, it's one of the reasons I joined the We Get Around Network. Number one, I can reach out to people when I need help. And of course, I'm there to help them as well. Awesome. Uh, so uh, Matt, before we say bye, is there is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about today? No, we went through quite a bit. Awesome. Uh, Matt, your website, www.immersaf, as in Frank, dot com. Immersive media at dot immersive dot com. www.immersive.com. In the We Get Around Network forum, Matt. S. Crowder, C-R-O-W-D-E-R. Uh, uh, Matt, just I'm so thankful for you to, that you've been on the show today. Thanks so much. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate the invitation. We've been visiting with Matt Crowder, principal at Immersive Media based in Indianapolis, Indiana. For, uh, for Matt, I'm Dan Smigrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum, and you've been watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. Awesome. Did I do it?